tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works then. Enjoy that now. No. Uh... Hello and welcome to the Football Times podcast with a very special Champions League final episode for us today uh, with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts. And I'm joined my partner, by my partner in crime, Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine. Uh, I'm not even going to ask you how you are today because we have a very special guest, uh, a man who is no stranger to Man City or Chelsea, the two teams in the Champions League final. Uh, we're joined today by Mr. Sean Wright Phillips. How are you doing today, sir? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. How are you, man? I'm pretty good. I'm in my childhood bedroom in Sunderland now, so <laughs> I've come back for the first time since last summer. Um, so I'm, yeah, bringing back memories. Bringing back the memories, uh, and I guess we'll have to ask how you are, Jake. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm all good. I'm not in my childhood bedroom, so so that's good. Um, my mom knocking on the door asking if I want a, uh, a cheese sandwich, but I'm in it's... in my actual place um, with the with the Man City and Chelsea shirts above me because I'm excited for this pod, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, your backgrounds are putting mine to shame right now. Jake always comes with a nice background. He's got all, like about every single football shirt known to man. He's sort of just he always he always knows what to do. Uh, we'll crack on with the pod, shall we? Um, we're going to be looking at each of the teams, some of the key battles from the final uh, this weekend, bringing our key predictions uh, as the show goes on. And uh, we'll start with the Premier League champions, Manchester City. Uh, they lifted that title, lifted that trophy after a long old season, a bizarre season, but they have. They have triumphed. Um, I guess this is for both of you guys. What have you been most impressed by uh, when it comes to City in in this season, this crazy season of all of all seasons? Um, for me, I think the most impressive part is is not only the the resilience of not conceding goals, especially when obviously Diaz came and you had Stones playing at the level that everybody knew he could reach to, um, but just the way the, the way they rolled out for every game since they had, I think it was a turning point round about West Brom game where um, they just turned and they just kept winning and winning and winning. And every player that comes off the bench seems just fresh and ready to go as if they've had like two weeks off. So for me, what Pep's done there has been one of the standout things for me. Mm. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think um, their mentality is so good throughout the squad. Um, one to eleven, and then like you said, Sean, the bench and reserves—they're all there, and they're, they're so ruthless. Um, it's, it's all well and good being great and dominating games, but City have that kind of killer instinct. They they beat teams in the first five minutes, some games, or they leave it right until the end, but then still manage to nick that goal. Obviously, they're not a perfect team; they still do get caught on the counter or or, or beaten occasionally. That Leeds game, for example, was a, was a real outlier. But I love how often they, they get into that lead and then the game is so comfortable for them because they, they're so assured at the back. They know they're not going to concede too many goals with Edison um, making saves left, right and centre, Diaz and Stones um, absolutely dominating. And then they can just play their game. They must do it in training every, every day. Just how do we uh, break teams down? How do we have that possession and how do we make, uh, make it count? And, and they have so often. They've totally like cracked that. They've cracked the system. They've all like really bought into Guardiola's sort of way. I guess would you have enjoyed playing under Guardiola, Sean? I guess it's a demanding system. Um, it asks a lot of the players, but they've they've bought into it. Um, I definitely would have loved playing under him. I don't think there's a player that would say it otherwise. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
the, the most one of the other most impressive things I noticed was last year we City just played the way that City do, and this year they I'd say at the start of the season it looked like they they was a bit stuck. People kind of sussed them out. So mm. you just think most players, most managers carry on doing the same things where Pep and his team didn't. They decided to make right fullbacks be able to play centre midfield. <laughs> and nine basically to overload the midfield, and they continue with their passing game, which pretty much destroyed teams in the middle. Mm. We, we, we chatted about this, didn't we, Jake? I think Cancelo, how he sits. It was, I think, it was some match of the day analysis. One point, they're saying like this quarterback almost, like playing a right back, sort of in the holding midfield role, sort of pinging balls over the top. It's just, it's phenomenal. Like they've got weapons everywhere. They do, and their squad is full of players that can do that. If you need John Stones to step into central midfield, he would do that for you. If you need Ilkay Gundogan to play a false nine, I'm sure he could do that. They've got players all over the pitch who will play any role for the system that, that Peppers has uh, set out. And like you said, Sean, he's, he's flexible and he's he's able to work on uh, what he wants and, and, and how he can figure out each chess game. Um, and it's <laughs> it's truly impressive. Um, and, and and daunting if you're coming up against them. Yeah, often think play against. Uh, in, in terms of key players, we've we've chatted a bit about the style and, and, and the tactic side, tactical side of it. Um, are there any sort of standout performers from either of you guys who who you want to want to give a shout out to? Um, and obviously, Ruben Diaz. We've chatted a little bit there. Um, he's one of the, the the writers' players of the year. Like what an impact he's had. Sort of first season in the Premier League. Just just slid into the into the Premier League quite quite literally most of the time and uh, and looks very very solid at the back. Is there is there any are you have you been impressed by him? Is there anybody else you'd like to like to pick out in particular? You have to you have to give a mention to Phil Folden. I think yeah. uh, what he's done in you might as well say his first full season playing so regularly um is is unreal for me. I think people that was people's one worry with him is can he do it on a consistent basis? Mm. Because we've seen him come on for five minutes, 15 minutes here, there, and he gives the same performance every time. And I don't think I've seen him have a game rated below seven. <laughs> every game he plays, he affects the game in one way or another. Either he creates or he scores and he does his defensive duties. And I was at the game on Sunday and there was a break and the man that's tracking the breakdown from a corner is Phil Folden. And like to have a player with so much quality, but still do the hard yards mm. is it an asset for any club. Yeah. Massive, isn't it? It's mature as well, isn't it? For for a younger player to, to realize the need to sort of track back and help your team. And, and obviously in that fluid city style, they, they have to sort of do a little bit of everything <laughs> in a way. Um, yeah. What, what a player. He's he's unreal. I, I I love him. I love watching him play. Um, and I don't think he's he's fixed his position yet, which is so nice to see. He can play across that front line. He can play slightly deeper. Um, he could he could end up as a kind of um a Sergio Aguero esque false nine. He can he can do it all for me. Um, but uh, but yeah, my eye has been taken with that man. You said his name, Michael Ruben Diaz. Um, I think it's brilliant watching attacking players because there's so much fun to watch. But then when you rest a little bit, you realise how much influence um, and, and kind of mental security Ruben Diaz has brought to that Man City back line. There's a reason he's, you know, the first football writers uh, player of the year since um, since Steve Nicholl, 1989, uh, for a defender to win the award because he has to get loads of clean sheets. And yes, he makes loads of tackles. 
but he's brought a kind of a level of comfort and security and confidence to that back line that they haven't seen since a man you probably know very well, Sean, uh, Vincent Company. Um, what a player he was. Yeah, of course. Uh, and in terms of in terms of this this final coming up, um, sort of, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the likes of De Bruyne and, and, and the the threat he can pose. I don't have actually said his name yet, which is which is crazy. Um, like, what must Chelsea sort of? What must they be most scared about with City? What what do they have to do to beat City? Obviously, they have done in in recent times. What do you think that they need to do or stop City doing uh, to win to win in this final? How do, how do you stop City? <laughs> that's that's the yeah. question. They're, they're always going to control games. And I think Chelsea played Leicester the other day um, and they just pressed them high. Now, if you do that with City, Edison can clip the ball over your head to the fullback and they beat that press. So it's, it's, gonna, it's standing up to be an interesting game. And to think about the times that Chelsea have beat City, most of City's players, like, was a rotation. It was like four or five players that most probably won't even play, start in the finals. So on the on that hand, for me, I think Chelsea have to focus on what team is going to play because I don't think anybody absolutely knows because they everyone that knows Pep, mm. knows he will come up with something completely different that not that nobody's expecting. But the, like you said, the play like the players buy into it. The players want to do both sides of it, and the fact that Kevin De Bruyne will play that will occupy Kante and Kante mm. can't mark three or four players. You could try. <laughs> so so it, um, I don't know. Is it, tactically, you can't. I think you just got to go out and play your game. For me, Chelsea should just focus on playing the Chelsea way because City's not going to change their game for anybody. And it's two of the best teams in, a, in the country in the world right now are in the best competition in the world. So I just hope it's an exciting game and it's not like, a one nil. I hope there's like loads of loads of attacking going on. Personally, yeah, of course. I, I can hundred percent. When you're saying there, you're not quite sure what Pep's going to do, what lineup he's going to put out. I can hundred percent see Aguero starting in this one. I've just got this. I, I know he said he's going to be cold and ruthless and and not sentimental and all this sort of stuff. I don't know. I've just got this feeling that he's going to bring him out the big guns for the final final time. But who, who, who knows? Maybe that's me being sentimental because I love him so much. Well, um, Pep said quite often that uh, for finals, you know, you can uh, you can think it too much. He just puts out his best players. But I think the problem that we'd all probably have is if you had to pick the best eleven of City players, we'd all come up with a different eleven because <laughs> they just have an unbelievable array of talent. Um, yeah, would would Sterling be on the pitch? How could he not be? He's one of the best attackers in the country, but sometimes he's on the bench. Aguero, you could see him deciding the game like this. Um, I think, I think personally, Chelsea have got to keep it tight. They've got to, <laughs> got to keep Ch- uh, City at arm's length if they can. Easier said than done. And st- stay in the game and hope uh, a counter-attack. They've got pace in that front line, as we've talked about, and hopefully use that to, to damage City. But um, <laughs> that's all well and good said on paper. They might not land a glove. Yeah, we, we can chat about beating City in this podcast, but uh, it's, it's one thing chatting about it and another thing doing it. Um, well, one more thing as well, by the way, before we finish our little bit about City and we move on to, to more about Chelsea. Um, Sean, I'm not saying I've held a grudge against you for about, I think it's about 13 years now, right? I just needed to get this out here. 
so you joined City for your, for your second time. Um, yeah. You came, you came. I think it was three days after you'd signed, you came up to the Stadium of Light. So I'm from Sunderland, if you can tell by the accent. Yeah. And uh, I was in the crowd that day, season ticket holder, and you knew you know what you did that day, and you absolutely tortured us. <laughs> I remember thinking, I remember it was like the, the start of new season, you know, it's like optimism, and it was chucking it down a rain, but I thought, you know what, new season optimism, Man City, they're still not, you know, the, the best of the best yet. And uh, I just remember you, you you went wild. You scored a brace, didn't you? I think it was, it was a big, big day. Do you remember that one? Yeah, no, I remember it because I didn't expect to play. Because like you said, I had only got to the training ground. I think it was on the Thursday, had one session. And the second session was pretty much light because you get on the, you just start traveling. So yeah. I just expected to just go be on a bench, make a cameo. And then he just basically said, you're starting. Do you think you can play? I said, yeah, if I'm picked, I'll play. Yeah. Um, obviously, through that spell, I was playing, but not as regularly as I wanted to. So he knew like there wouldn't be game fitness in a way there or anything like that. So, And he said at the end of it, he said, do you want to know how many sprints you did? He said, I did 97 sprints. Oh, with that. To this day, I don't think I've ever got better than that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Go- who, who was the manager that day? By oh, you Mark Hughes, yes. I've just chatted to Mark Hughes the other day, actually. Yeah, he was he was chatting about Man United, though, where it's all subject. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no interest. It always stuck, because I just remember I was like, absolutely tortured us that day. So, there you go. Um, it's not much better nowadays, you know, sitting in League One. Um, moving on to Chelsea. Of course, you, you've spent time at Chelsea there as well. Um, Chelsea have taken off under Thomas Tuchel. Um, I guess the Lampard sort of laid the foundations down there. Uh, but Tuchel obviously managing that that top four finish, uh, getting the Champions League for for next season, two cup finals. I guess how do you rate their season? What have you been impressed with? This is for both of you guys. Uh, what have you been impressed with with Chelsea uh, in in recent weeks and months? I think the um, the biggest thing for me is the lack of goals they've conceded. I think when under under Frank they were more exciting to watch. It was more free and fluent, flowing attacking football. When Tuchel first came in, it was just all about defenders a unit, which they've done really, really well. Um, and they just keep it tight. But now they're trying to put the jigsaw puzzle together. So you've got defence working as it is and the attack working nicely as well. But he's, you have to give it to Tuchel for a man to come in, take over somebody's team, basically. And, and he's reshaped it. He's, he's made them hard to beat. And... They winning games. What what more do you want from a manager? Like he wins you games. At the minute, it seems like they're on shaky grounds, but let's see what happens, man. Yeah, I absolutely. Totally agree with Sean there. Like they're defensively so much better than under Lampard, and and I think that's that was like you said, Tuchel's first thought was okay. It's all well and good being attacking and and scoring loads of lovely goals, but we're not winning enough games. I think Chelsea were down in ninth when he took over, which is which is fine. Um, but not for Chelsea. So he's, he's shorn that, that back lineup. Um, the first game Tuchel's was it was against my my boys, the Wolves, um, and it was nil nil. Um, and it could have could have been you know awful for us, frankly. Um, but we did all right, and it's gone on from there. I think um, Mendy's been really good, but he's brought solidity at the back with Aspilicueta, Christensen playing really well, Rudiger standing out. Um, yeah, they've had a little bit of dip in form, I think, um, with the FA Cup final and um, the last day of the season. But 
I think all eyes probably have been on this one for some time now. And I think that's um, it's all coming to this. I think they will have been working on how the hell you stop City uh, for some time. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give them give them some uh, give them some credit. I think they could do it. They could do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms well, I'm of not keep- happy about that comment that they could do it. Tell me why, Sean. Tell me why they're both they're both your old boys. Yeah, no, they're both great teams. I just feel like City, especially in the top half, have got more of an edge. Mm-hmm. If they play the false nine, mm-hmm. they seem to create and score goals. And they can play the number nine and still score goals. Whereas I think Chelsea miss a lot more chances. They need like four or five chances to score one. Whereas City can do it in two or one. The Villa game Chelsea's really showed that, didn't it? They they had so many chances to kind of get back into the game against Villa, ended up losing, still going to the Champions League, but but Werner missed and, and Azbilqueta missed. They could have had loads. Uh, and yeah, they're really gonna have to find that clinical edge if they are gonna have any sniff of uh of, of taking, you know, taking that title from Pep. Timo Werner is a bizarre player because he, he his movement is unbelievable sometimes in, in the runs that he makes and the, the eagerness to make them. But actually, he's just he's just that few centimeters. The amount of times he has been offside, the amount of offside goals he has scored, I think I brought this up last week, he's just that half half a foot off every time. And that's, I mean, that's that's a gulf when it comes to offside nowadays when they're looking at toenails and things like that. Yeah. Um, but it is just one of those, isn't it? If, if Werner actually just, just held that run a little bit, just bent that run a little bit more, I don't know, he, he'd be on for 20-something goals a season at the rate he's, he's scored disallowed goals. Uh, have you been, been impressed with him at all, Sean? What, what are your sort of thoughts on, on Werner? Um, yeah, I've definitely, especially his work rate, um, I've been impressed with how hard he runs but for me if if you're a manager or like when I was playing and I was because I was as you know I was quick so I used to get offside quite a lot that and my managers just all they said to me start your run three yards deeper you're quicker than them so you it's impossible to be offside if you're onside when the ball's kick sort of thing but he like you said in his eagerness to get on it he creeps too too far he's walking like a fine line especially with VAR mm. Can't yeah. get away with it nowadays. So he just, I just feel like he needs to start. I hope he's not listening to this podcast because I don't need <laughs> to be doing this on Sunday. But <laughs> I hope he just, just start three yards behind the man, run from a deeper position, like a midfield area. Mm. It'll be on side easily. But I've been, I've been impressed with the fact that people always say he's got to score those chances, but he's done the hard part. And the hardest part is getting the chances. Mm. For a striker, normally hitting the target and putting the ball away is the, is the easier part. Yeah. So once he settles down and they start flying in, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I definitely think there's a player in there. Uh, there's so many strikers who have come in and just sort of been binned off quite quite quickly or sort of, you know, the first season of the Premier League, they don't quite hit the heights and they're gone. Uh, I, I do just think there's a player in there, like you're saying, there, just that little bit more discipline to hold back. And actually, yeah, maybe maybe some chances, if you're starting a little bit deeper with your run, you're not going to take, but you, you probably will be on the side more often than you won't be, which, which seems to be the case at the moment. It has been a real problem for Chelsea, though, that really they've put a lot of kind of faith in Timo. And yeah, I really rate him as well. I think he's going to be brilliant next season where he kind of settles and figures it out. But... When your top Premier League goal scorers scored seven, they're all penalties. 
It's not it's not great for a Champions League yeah. place inside. Bamford alone got 17, and then Chelsea are relying on Jorginho to hop, skip, and jump the, some penalties into the goal. They will have to sort that one if they want a title title battle next, and you know if they want any chance this weekend. Of course, I want, to, I want a little shout out in terms of uh, key players in terms of Mason Mount. Um, it's hard we, we chat about Ford, and I think Mount is very much in that conversation for sort of the brightest young. Uh, English player coming through. Uh, I think Lampard sort of said he, he reminds him a little bit of of himself coming through. That was goal scored. I mean, that's pretty big, high praise from from uh, from Frank Lampard there. Um, but yeah, I love the look of Mount going forward. I always thought he was sort of the the centre midfield man and actually sort of breaking from from deeper, similar to to Lampard, I guess. Um, but I think. Just seeing him mature in that right or left wing role, almost cutting inside, shooting, getting actually getting up there in the box, he looks clinical. I think there's a few few who was it against Atletico? Did he score the the winner against Atletico? Um, absolute just peach of a shot across across the goalkeeper. Um, but I think he he's a, he. I almost think Chelsea's chances live and die with him in, in, in a in a sense. If if Werner isn't actually on that top four, that really sharp four, um, you've been impressed with with Mason Mount there. Um, yeah, massively. Um, he is exactly like you said. I've I've watched him, and he, I don't think he's as clinical as Lance, mm. but he he plays a similar style. Um, always arrives in the box at the right time, as you said, gets a lot of shots off. And for me, if he's not in an attack. With Chelsea or he injured, I think Chelsea would struggle. Mm. Um, he he's that key player for me, and always seems like he's the first name on a team sheet as well. Mm, cool, That's and so young, so young as well. That's the other thing; he's just breaking through. Like he's had this what his second second season for Chelsea, pretty much second full season. It's just incredible to be that you know that leader figure already. Sorry, we're going to say that, Jake. Experience, doesn't he? As well, he's uh, spent time in Holland, uh, uh, on M, and then for Derby. I think that's really stood him in good stead because, kind of, wherever he's been, he's felt like a big fish. So he's come back into Chelsea, and he's like, "Yeah, well, I had time abroad. I had time in the Championship. I was a wonderful player there. I'm only going to be a wonderful player here." Um, and he he really is. Um, I love him in that kind of deeper role, creating. Um, and it's it's interesting to see who who will play around him because they'll, they'll probably start with Werner, but maybe Abraham makes the bench and, and Giroud. Do they come on and change things? Um, Chelsea do have players that can that can change the game if it is going against them. Um, but yeah, they're going to want to keep Mount on the pitch <laughs> for the full ninety at least. I'm sure. Of course, and um, and just one for you, Sean. Obviously. Um, Sorry to bring any any bad memories up here, but uh, you were obviously at Chelsea when when they reached the Champions League final back then in, in two thousand and eight. But you weren't in that match day squad. I guess how was that for you around that time? How did you find that news out? And, and was it quite tough celebrating with the guys afterwards when they came back? With, with um, the one that I, the one that I was in, we we lost. Oh, eighteen yeah. penalty. Um, yeah, and of course it's it's disheartening, isn't it? Like you played. In that lead up to all of that and the games I was playing, all the league games and being involved. And then when that came out and I wasn't on the bench, of course it hurt. But mm. at the end of the day, I can't, I'm a team player. I can't be selfish. I can't get on a coach and travel there and be moaning and groaning. I'm, I was there as a fan for Chelsea that day and my teammates and was rooting for everything to go the way that, that we wished it went. But unfortunately, it didn't. Mm. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and moving on to to the Champions League final, we've, we've chatted about each team kind of individually. Uh, you can watch the Champions League final, by the way, on BT Sport One from six o'clock. Uh, it's a kickoff at eight o'clock. Uh, you can also watch it on YouTube. Watch it for free. You don't even need BT Sport. Um, but yeah, I, I guess going into this one, do, do you think we've chatted about it a little bit? But do you think this makes a bit there's a bit of a psychological advantage Chelsea might have here over over City, having beaten them twice in a few weeks, I guess. 1-0 both times, big games. Do you think they've got that bit of an advantage going into this, or does that disappear when you get to when you get to the final? 100 percent disappears for me. It's a it's a one-off game. I mm. don't think anyone will be thinking about, oh, they beat us the last time, or the other per, other team won't be thinking, well, we beat them twice, we can beat them again, sort of thing. I think that everyone's going to be nervous because I don't think there's many people in there that's won it even on a regular basis so no matter how senior they are I think that there will be nerves in everyone's tummy and um, once they settle then I think we'll see the game but for me it's, it's, I'm just looking really looking forward to it to be honest with you of course. Also, when when you're saying that about not many players actually winning it, Scott Carson is the only player in that Man City squad to have a Champions League winners medal, which is just the start of the season. Massive <laughs> shout that the yeah. one and only Scott Carson. Viva Scott! I loved seeing him play his game. It was fantastic. I'm, I'm a big fan. Game on the pitch. I'm advocating it now. Sorry, <laughs> I know you won the Golden Glove, but Scott's got the experience. Um, you too. Getting. And what are your what are your predictions? What are both your predictions? I know obviously some some allegiances on both sides here for Sean, but what, what are you going to go for in this one? I think it's going to be a good game, but um, I was asked before, and I said I think City win three one. Fair, fair. Any any, any goal any, any goal scorers in there as well? Any, any predictions of what's going to actually happen? A Kevin De Bruyne to assist. Oh, that's, that's the type of niche prediction we like. We like <laughs> it's, it's not it's not a controversial one. It's just niche. We like that. Uh, what, what are you going my, with, Mister Wilson? My prediction is Ruben Diaz twelve tackles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like building a bet here. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a bit tighter. Um, City, if they score early, it changes the game. But if, if Chelsea keep them at bay and say hold out and hold out, I said I'd never bet against Chelsea. I'd never predict against them. But having seen Chelsea in the last couple of games and City so rampant against Everton, I'm saying Riyad Mahrez steals it 1-0. Pep gets that trophy. City have that moment they want and uh, we all go home. Half of us happy. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm going to go with 2-1. Oh, man, I just I can see Aguero doing it. I, I can just see him coming off the bench and doing it. I can see him. I, maybe, maybe I'm just, my love for Sergio is too great. But um, I can I can see him finishing this one off just in in that clinical style. Maybe Chelsea don't have. I can see Chelsea getting a few chances though, and I can see them not quite taking them as we, as we've said. Um, well, thank you very very much, guys. Thank you very much, Sean, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, now you're gonna have to bear with us for a second, Sean, because because Jake's gonna give us his match of the day magazine pitch, and it's always a bit cheesy, and you just got to sort of bear with him for a couple of minutes. Uh, but what's coming up in match of the day magazine this week, Jake Wilson? Oh, it's full <laughs> of more UCL content. So if you or young football fans in your life haven't had enough Champions League content, get Match of the Day magazine this week. 
There's also Max Attacks Extra, best of the best, and stickers on the front. And then loads of reasons to be excited for the Euros, which I'm sure we all are anyway. But just in case you need a few more reasons to convince any of your mates, there's there too. Um, so that's my pitch. It wasn't too cheesy for you, uh, for you lads, but um, I tried to turn it down. All right. It was it was a six out of ten. I um I needed. Uh, you still haven't given me any stickers. Yeah, you, you, you keep you keep picking up these match attacks and football stickers, and I haven't seen any of them yet. So you know, if you want to want to send them along my way, that would be nice. I'm, I'm um, yes, mate. Sorry, but uh, yeah, anytime. Yeah. Sean, if you want some match attacks, let me know. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> wow. Uh, what you have to do these days, Sean, as well, by the way, we've seen you on, on Premier League production and things like that. What, what, can we see you on a touchline anytime soon or on a TV studio? What, what's the, what's Sean? No, I'm, I'm happy at the minute doing um, Premier League stuff. Um, I really enjoy the team there and what, what we've created between us. So um, it's, a, it's a good atmosphere. I think in times, some point next year, you'll see me on maybe a BET or a Sky, but admin i'm just in, just taking it step by step yeah fair play nice one well thank you very much for joining us we really appreciate your time uh, enjoy the euros as well by the way uh, and you can come to radiotimes.com slash sports slash tv uh, for all of our all the full preview final uh, we've got lots of euro 2020 coverage coming up uh, and we're back with one final pod to wrap up the season in style next week take care enjoy the final and thank you very much for listening cheers <laughs>